Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. Whether you are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my friendly reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation, to remove any distractions and get laser focused on the here and the now. And I guarantee you, you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. Been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. Uh, before we went live, I was sharing with him that we first connected about two years ago. And it's been great sort of being connected offline and just supporting each other on, on our own journey to greatness. And I felt like now was the time to bring him on and, and learn more about his journey to greatness, lessons he's taken away from sport and the game of life. Um, my guest in the huddle today is the creator of the Unbecoming Lifestyle. My guest in the huddle today is Coach Orlando Gunn. How are you today, brother? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, pleasure to be here, JT. Like you said, it's been two years coming. And uh, finally, we get to you know connect and jump online. And so yeah. it's good to be a part of the show. I uh, love what you do, man. And just thank you for being the spirit and the light that you are. So uh, it's always great to have people who in your in your life are either lighthouses or trees. Um, they can keep you focused. They keep you upright. They keep you on the right right path. And so that's kind of who who I've seen you as, for not just myself, but everybody else who's listening. Absolutely. So I'm going to take a moment, brother, just just to thank you and and receive that. So um, I, I appreciate your kind words. Uh, before we get kicked off, pun intended, I just want to take a moment to count my blessings. Uh, for me, this is a, da a daily practice. Uh, I do acknowledge that some days I do it better than others, but I find the days I'm most consistent and intentional with counting my blessings. I do find those days are filled with a little more love, a little more joy, a little more peace. Uh, and I'm a firm believer the biggest blessing you can give anyone is your time and energy. So I just want to thank you again for blessing me with some of your time and energy here today, brother. Amen. Same here. Okay. Uh, so how I always like to kick off the huddle is this idea and this reminder that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. I had a coaching colleague that often referenced this idea that we all have these things that make us unique and different, and it's important to celebrate it. So I'm curious. We all have interesting facts. So I'm curious, what's an interesting fact uh, that maybe a lot of people don't know about you that you'd be open to sharing with our community today? For me, we'll start with being a military kid. A lot of times it's called being a military brat. I think the brat part comes in because we get to travel the world. Uh, but if you have been one of those children, you know, that's not always good and bad. And so for me, I was born in Georgia, didn't stay long, went to Tampa, Florida, 
then Stuttgart, Germany, back to Tampa, Florida, back to Mannheim, Germany, and then ultimately Texas. And so that's roughly four four different schools in maybe six years. And so that was really tough. And that that kind of built my persona to, one, believe in myself, but also see the world, have a bigger picture than the people around me when I was in high school, finally made it here to Texas. And for a lot of my friends, that's all they knew was Texas. For me, I'd already been out the country twice. <laughs> and so it was, it was nothing for me to have big dreams and try to um, indulge in other cultures and see people, um, not just from a color standpoint, but see people from a character standpoint, uh, as well as where they're from and some of their customs. And so um, just being cultural or culturally focused, culturally open to different people and, and walks of life, that's something I've always loved. And then while I was on that journey, I was introduced to Taekwondo. So I was a second degree black belt by age 12, which was pretty neat. Mm. I love that. And, you know, what I really heard from you again was the importance of, of being open, right, to new and different adventures, new and different people, and just really at the end of the day, like being open to a different way of life. Right. So I'm curious, you know, you, you've, you've been blessed to spend parts of your life in different parts of the world. What would you say is still something that maybe you don't see, it's not as deeply ingrained in North American culture, but in other cultures and other parts of the world is something that, you know, it would be great to integrate more of this into our, you know, busy, fast-paced uh, lives. A really good friend of mine by the name of Tommy Harris, uh, he used to play for the Chicago Bears. He would say, we need to be better at taking care of other people's children. Mm -hmm. And Thinking about how the culture was when I was a kid in Germany, you could walk around freely, you could go to the little towns and shops, and if you didn't have the money to buy, whether it was some hinchin and pommes, which is rotisserie chicken and fries, someone would help you out, or you could sample things or taste things, or if you saw a farmer, you could he'll just give you a couple of different things, whether you have it or not, but the people took care of the people. Essentially, we all did a better job of taking care of each other's children. And even if you're a grown adult, you're still somebody's child. Mm -hmm. So if we all were to able just to be able to take better care of each other's children, the world truly would become a better place. And so that's something we we all can take hold of and be accountable for. Yeah. And if we can do that in our daily lives, I think it'll make everything better. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and again, it's a, it's a powerful reminder on, on the power of being empathetic with others, right? The ability to uh, practice patience and understanding with others, to see the world through the lens of someone else, to stand in someone else's proverbial shoes. So, so I love that simple reminder. I'm curious, uh, you've, you've had a very diverse, as you've been sharing, you know, uh, journey to greatness, right? You were first a high quality athlete and you transition to become a high quality coach. So I'm curious, sport has obviously played an important role in, in your life and your development as a person. What would you say has been the one life lesson? And again, I know there's many that you find yourself still applying to other areas of your life today. Uh, I have the credit. My dad would tell me this. Uh, he was a military father, so 28 years, first sergeant, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Airborne Ranger. 
all that stuff means he did dangerous missions. But he always told me, nobody's going to give you anything for free in this life. And if you want it, you got to go get it. I don't care what it is. And looking back, that's been that's been a theme in my life, whether it was uh, seeing my lovely wife and going after her and making her my wife, whether it was walking on at LSU and honing skill sets and working vigorously to become the greatest possible athlete I can become, whether it was um, becoming an intern or going after an internship with the NCAA and landing that job after being one of the second youngest people there fresh out of school and working and creating commercials and working in championships to one of my biggest things at the time was uh, landing a job with the Miami Dolphins. I went out there on a whim and uh, landed an interview and moved that weekend. And so it's just been constant pursuit, pursuit, pursuit. It's even the idea of moving to a dream city like Miami when I had only lived in Texas and Germany and other parts of Florida, but never the, the big city with the lights and the glitz and glam. But I was chasing personal dreams. And the thing is, you can sit there and dream up and write up all these ideas and, or script a life that you want, but it's going to require some real action. You're going to have to put your feet where you really want them to be. And you're going to have to position yourself or position your feet to actually step into your greatness. And, you know, you talked about the journey to greatness. Sometimes I still feel like we haven't arrived. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's because there's levels. There's levels to this. Mm -hmm. There's levels to your greatness. There's levels to your authentic story or authentic self. There's levels to your purpose. Mm -hmm. Or we'll just call it degrees or different frequencies. And so there's different seasons. So there's different levels, there's, di there's different degrees and different frequencies. But if I can keep that theme of going after what I want, nobody's gonna give me anything for free. If they do, you might be a little weary of it, but just ha having that idea, that tenacity, that grit, that hunger, that grind to just go after it and believe in yourself and go get it. Mm. I love that. And, you know, as you were sharing, you know, whether it was your experiences, you know, meeting your beautiful wife, whether it's, you know, the opportunity to be part of, you know, one of the most you know, well-recognized, you know, football programs, NCAA programs in the country, or whether it's getting that internship with the NCAA or Miami Dolphins. It was interesting around that idea of like, just that, the importance of like persistence, right? The importance of perspiration, like a willingness to put in the reps and sets, right? And often it's when no one's watching and just that patience that great things are coming. And like you said, I, I love that idea of it's an ongoing journey, right? And, and why it resonated with me was I posted something today, uh, this Earl Nightingale quote, which I always reframes me in terms of my definition of success. And Earl Nightingale talked about this idea of success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or goal. And why that resonates with me, progressive. Like you said, there's levels to this, right? And then it's it's a worthy ideal or goal. So again, is it meaningful? Is it relevant for you? So again, everything you were saying there, it's interesting. Again, life being divine timing, how you shared that. Did Earl also talk about the secret to life? One of the strangest yeah. secrets to life? Yeah, he did. He, he was, that was one of the big audios, right? The strangest secret. That's right. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And and truly, I, I try to live by some of that as well. Uh, one of the greatest secrets is we as humans can manifest 
the life that we actually want by speaking it and then working ferociously toward that thing. So I'm curious, again, you know, you were sharing your, your very diverse journey. And I love how you actually took a moment to like celebrate your lived experience because that lived experience has, has you know, good, bad, positive, negative has helped you become the strong and powerful being you are today. I, I'm curious, what has, was there one experience that really helped you shift to this current level you're at right now? Well, like, was there experience that, you're like, oh, I get it. Like there was a discovery within that experience that I don't maybe just opened your eyes a little wider. There could be there could be a few. Uh, I'll have to go back to just the idea of being young and hungry and wanting to live in Miami at the time, because my goal since maybe age seven or six or seven was to work or make it to the league. And I say make it to the league because that's what I had told myself. And I would encourage everyone to be very specific about your goals, dreams, and aspirations. And so I was a kid playing my dad in, in Madden, probably Madden 93, 95, somewhere in there. And uh, for the first time, and I used to lose all the time. And I would, I would be the kid who smashed the controllers and storm out the room. But for the first time, I dumped the ball out to a running back, hit the O button, spin, scored a like 96 yard touchdown on my dad and won the game. And at that moment, it was a video game, right? At that moment, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to make it to the league. But I wasn't specific, JT. And so the scary part about our lives is you can say you want something, but if you didn't write down the exact details, it might manifest or, or deform itself or mutate into something else. And so me going to Miami, uh, I just finished my master's at UCF at the DeVos Sports Business Management Program with Dr. Richard Lapchick. Uh, I absolutely love that man. He was just nominated for um, an Emmy. And so, um, I'm sorry, an SB, an SB at the, uh, at the SBs this year for all of his humanitarian work. And so because of Dr. Lapchick, I got the opportunity to work with the, work, work with the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer as well and so we did all the sports but we also did a lot of community outreach and it was beautiful it was an awesome compliment to, to my character and what I believe in that's sports that's community that's people and but I was so close to this NFL dream I'm in Orlando Miami's only four four or four hours away I'm close but I'm not there yet so what am I going to do I graduate program in order to fully graduate or officially graduate you had to get a job so I drive, I, I Google all the Miami Dolphins jobs. I look up everything. I call HR, have a conversation. They say, hey, you know, you seem like a great fit for sales and marketing. Why don't you try it? And I apply, right? Not only did I apply, I drove down the next day and reached out on LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it, every social media site until I found one or two people. The cool thing is uh, probably two months before I was doing some community service work for a guy whose best friend just happened to be one of the managers for the Dolphins. And so because I was already serving, serving seeds or planting seeds toward a dream that I said I wanted way back, back in 95, I was able to sprout up an opportunity. And that's all it was, was an opportunity to have a conversation. 
And so I left uh, left Orlando at six that morning, drove down the next morning, got there at 10. My phone dies, go to the library, charge my phone, hop on Facebook, check in with the guy I volunteered with. Hey, man, do you know anybody who he's like, oh, yeah, my, my good friend works for the Dolphins. You should you should, you know, give him a shout. Call him up. He said, hey, I only got 15 minutes, but if you can make it cool, if not, maybe next time. I made that meeting. And because I made that meeting, I was I had an opportunity to go after it, which is what my dad said. Mm-hmm. And because I went after it, I made the meeting. I had already pre-set up my whole life to be successful in that moment. It produced the fruit that I've been toiling and working for and trying to nurture and grow and dream and persist to actually have become an actual thing. And so I got to live out and walk out a dream of mine. And then recently, I had the opportunity to speak to about 4,000 teachers uh, here in Dallas because the goal was to get them to understand. It was a for a program called AVID. The goal is to get them to understand that they should help take care of other people's children and plant seeds of greatness because we don't know who these young individuals are going to become. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. But our job is not to be dream crushers. Our job is actually to be farmers. We got to nurture, we got to prune, we got to grow. And um, if we can continue to do that, we'll be, like you said, you know, prepare for greatness, live a life of greatness. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you, you know, opening up your heart and sharing, you know, your experience. And and it was interesting how, you know, those seeds that your dad planted within you, right? Those words of encouragement that if you want something in this life, right? Like dream big, but you got to be willing to put in, as, as I shared earlier, the reps and sets actually make it happen, right? You got to be willing to make that drive, right? Um, to, to those meetings, you have to be willing to, you know, move to a different city. You have to be willing to just say yes to opportunity. Right. And and I love how it's framed kind of what you're doing now, because now you're taking that lived experience. You're, you're passing on those, that wisdom that your dad shared with you to 4,000 other educators, because as you and I both know, I mean, you've spent time in education. Those educators are often the gatekeepers to our young people, right? And and when we have more people, like just think of you multiplying that, those words of wisdom from your from your dad to the 4,000 other people, just think of like that impact that that could have. Even just one other person taking that, but 4,000, just think of how many lives that could impact. That's so good. Um, and we talked about different levels of success or I'll just start leveling up. For me, this summer was one of those kind of like when you're when you're playing Mario and you get the extra life, right? And you just grow. Like that was a this speech this past summer in June was was a leveling up for me because I truly understand I might not want to speak to I might not have a have a major desire to speak to adults. But I have an even higher desire to speak to children. Mm-hmm. But I can't multiply myself, right? So what can I do? I can speak into these older children, which are adults, so they can in turn take those goals, those best practices, these ideologies, and pour back into all the other kids I cannot reach. Because I like to say I do it for the kids. Mm-hmm. We sacrifice and we give of ourselves and of our lives for the kids. We give our time, our talent for the kids. And the truth is they are our future. They are the next generation. At some point, 
they're going to take care of my kids. And honestly, I'll be a, a father on August 1st very soon. And so the work, I'd like to see the work that I've been doing and pouring into other people's children is actually going to come back and bless my child and our future. And so a coach used to say, you know, let's coach them up, make them good people. Uh, we want good people over good good players because uh, they'll keep that'll keep them out your house at night. And so, essentially, he was saying if we can pour into these young people. That's going to keep them out the mischief. That's going to keep them from breaking in and out of people's houses, making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And so that that's been an underlying theme as well. Let me pour into them so they feel like they have better options. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we all know we all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's about who who is influencing that seed first. Can you out-influence somebody else? Can you out-influence a negative influence? Mm-hmm. And so I try to look at that and allow that to be a barometer of where I'm being successful. Am I reaching the greatness or not? And uh, it's been good so far. There's just so much more work to do, JT. Yeah. No, and, and I I love what you're sharing. Again, because you have that lived experience being in education, you know how important it is those like those words of encouragement, right? And I often look at courage as, you know, you think back to your own experience, you know, the the courage to to walk on at LSU, the courage to apply for that job with the Miami Dolphins, the courage to approach your wife, right? And and you just being able then to offer, you know, to pour your courage into other people that, hey, like go all in on this it is so important. So I'm curious from from your experience, okay, working with people, guiding people, developing people. What have you found is that light bulb moment, that aha, where people begin to take courage? Like what needs to happen for someone to actually not just think about being great, but actually think and act? Not just think about being great, but be about being great. Mm-hmm. And I've I've actually asked myself that same thing. Like, what is the secret sauce? When does the the aha take place? And I've developed something. And the truth is, the secret is when we give ourselves permission to be great. So each and every time I look back and reanalyze one of those leveling up moments or success moments in my life, I had to first give myself permission permission to be great, permission to say yes, permission to have it or accept the opportunity or just go after it. And if you don't give yourself permission, which is be being and believing, if you don't be you and believe in you, you can cancel it. You can cancel everything else. Somebody can nominate you for a role or put you in a position to do a role or a job. But if you don't accept it, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to either fumble the opportunity or walk away or quit just because you don't have the self-belief. So we do have to be and believe, but we have to give ourselves permission to be great. Mm. It's interesting, like as you share that, right? Like that that idea of, I love how you talk about like permission, right? And, and it's understanding as you say that, I guess the thought that comes to mind is that understanding that greatness is our birthright, right? Like we were all meant to do great things in this world, right? Some people at this point, believe have that belief deeper than others and that's okay like that's what this journey is about and and I love how you talked about you know this idea of 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 praxis which a great coach helped me to understand like integrating right great belief 
with great behavior. And when you do that consistently day after day, and you nurture those, those, you know, that belief with great behavior, that's where things start to manifest. And that's where, again, we start to experience this, this beauty, you know, that's of right. life. That's where the magic is. <laughs> and uh, I think about guys like Kobe, right? He talked about how he was, I think, military kid too, but yeah. he was living in Italy at the time. And he didn't have any friends, just socially awkward. It was just him and his basketball. And that created a monster. <laughs> like, because he didn't have any real distractions, but he just started dribbling. All he had him and his basketball, he just started dribbling all the time. But he also turned that into a daily habit of, uh, we'll say, compounding effects. If he continued, he realized if he could continue to work and work and work at the same thing, Constantly, every day, it'll stack up against all the other competitors who aren't doing this type of work. And so we, while we have time, time is on our side. So while you have the opportunities to speak life into other people, to uh, be and believe in yourself and practice your, uh, we'll call them superpowers, your internal gifts and talents are your superpowers. If you take the time now, five years from later, from now, You'll never regret anything that you do. You'll be proud of all the work that you that you do, that you accomplish, and who you become. And I'm just trying to make sure the future me is more proud now, uh, you know, living forward. I love that. I, I love that you shared that. Again, it's just like, it's sort of like a recipe for success, right? Yeah. And 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 I share with you just uh, a quick story that really helped me to kind of see where these reps and sets in the dark, how they actually come to manifest. So, you know, I, I was going through my daily reading this morning, as I, as I always like to just to, again nurture, you know, great thoughts so that I can frame to have a great day. And it was interesting. Um, after reading, I'm walking up to my office, grabbing a notebook so I can start journaling, and I cross by my son, and he's leaving a room in our house that has a bike so i'm like hey what are you doing and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna ride the bike and i was thinking okay so he's he's 12 and a half so i said oh okay that's interesting like this is a new behavior but again the behavior was neutral him riding a bike but what i started to recognize was more is caught than taught you know he's been seeing dad that's been on his own journey of personal growth you know, self-discovery, self-actualization. He's been seeing that put in those reps since 2016 of getting up, investing time and energy into himself, learning how to how to how to be a better man. Yeah. And and he's starting to see that. And he just was reading it. So it made me realize that I needed to walk my own journey. I needed to go through some moments of pain, of struggle, of adversity. But those those seeds are starting to come to fruition now. And now my son has been gifted with this idea that when you start your day by investing your time and energy into yourself. Yes, sir. You have a great day. So so it was one of those moments that, as you were sharing, really like planting seeds really hit home with me today, just based on what I experienced this morning. More is cotton than time. That's beautiful. <laughs> So, so I'm curious, you know, one thing I love about you is like, you're multi-passionate, right? Like, again, you, you had experience, you know, uh, working in different aspects of sport, right? You've, you've taken those gifts and, and you know, you've worked in education, right? You, you, you also, uh, you also speak, um, you know, what, what 
has been that driver for you? Because I, I think at the end of the day, you're like your passion is in developing people, helping others sort of become, you know, as cliches as the best versions of themselves, right? Like what what has why has that development piece been so important for you? Mm. I take time to answer because I want to make sure I speak my true authentic part in this because I've actually asked myself, why do I care so much? When I could just, because I'm phenomenal at sales, I go sell anything and make a lot of money. <laughs> and I live in Austin, Texas, right? So Austin's become a hotbed since all the Californians want to come over and Tesla's come. It's gotten fairly expensive. And as a teacher, uh, just say, we'll just say all the teachers here are not living their most comfortable lifestyle. <laughs> and they they are coerced and forced to look at other options at this point. Um, but what's most important is I personally wish to live a life of significance. Like I truly want my life to matter. And I was like, well, is it about being famous? Do you want to be famous? Like, uh, yes and no. I want to be famous to a few. And the truth is we're all famous to our few in our circle. So whether you're crazy famous, worldly famous, or you're just famous to five, you're famous to somebody. And in that, you know, in being famous, you want to be significant, or I do. And honestly, God's given me this question that just won't leave me alone. And the question that's just keeps reverberating through my soul is how many more must suffer because of your disobedience? How many more must suffer because of your disobedience? And I look at disobedience like not living out your true authentic purpose, not working in your gifts, not building other people up, not loving and encouraging others. In the days I take off and don't do those things. It just, it eats at me, period. It eats at me, it eats at my soul. And I actually realized one of my greatest challenges is to be that love, lover and encourager in my own home. So then I can actually go do that outside of my home. Because what good is it to be a hero to the rest of the world, but a villain in my own space? I can't, can't live like that. And so those have been some of my personal drivers uh, in this life. And moving forward, I want to live a life of significance and how many more must suffer because of my disobedience. So it keeps me, I don't get it right. Like you said, I don't get it right all the time. But, you know, like in baseball, if I can hit three times out of 10, I'm, I'm somebody. So, <laughs> Hey, in a baseball sense, you're getting paid tens of millions of dollars if you hit the ball three out of 10 times. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like, as you share that, right? Like it's, it's really, what I really heard from you is this idea of like your current results, right? If, if we're using this human, human 3d language, you know, your results are just feedback, right? On past thoughts, past actions, that's it. And it's interesting when you sort of just have this idea, again, your results are not good or bad. They're not positive or negative. They just are right. Energy just is. And it's interesting when you, do that you detach from whatever the results are you're more objective and then i love how you said you, you challenge yourself with a powerful question right a, a powerful thought and idea and that just goes 
am I doing this? And and again, it's not all, as you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbow. It's not warm and fuzzy all the time. But again, you have that opportunity today to really step into that, right? To really become that that being that you were always meant to be. So that's that's I, I that's what I really heard from from you sharing that. That's good. And uh, that kind of leads to you mentioned in the open unbecoming lifestyle, and that that was actually given to me back in two thousand. I'll say 2013, we'll say 2013, where I was chasing this Miami lifestyle, trying to live a fast life, money, cars, clothes, women, fame. And I get there and I'm experiencing all these fast things. I'm in the NFL, but I'm not in the NFL. <laughs> um, I'm around the Miami Heat, but I'm not in the Miami Heat. LeBron and D-Waiter there at the time, right? So that was the hottest place to be. Yeah. And uh, or you could go to a yacht party or a mansion, but I don't own these things. And something struck me one day as I'm walking uh, from leaving the American Airlines arena after a game. I'm walking. I know I work for the Dolphins. I'm making making a decent earning. But after me, I see I walk up to a man who's digging in the trash can looking for something to eat. I just bought a pizza and something else. I'm, I'm doing okay. This person is doing progressively worse than me, but who passes us as an 18 wheeler. It stops. It opens up a Rolls Royce backs out a Lamborghini. Somebody pulls up in a, uh, a Range Rover. They hop out him and his beautiful model girlfriend. They get into the Lamborghini. They speed off. And so in that story, I'm walking, seeing where I don't want to be. And then I also see where I wouldn't mind being. But I also have to be content with who I am and progress toward a better version of myself. And, you know, I'll never forget that experience. It was just a really odd dichotomy of time and space and people. But none of us saw each other. I'm the one who saw everybody else. The guy didn't see me. The guy and the girlfriend didn't see me. They sure as, sure as heck didn't see the homeless person. But I was able to see everybody. And then... I helped create organizations in Miami where we were giving and feeding to the homeless or whenever I had anything extra, I always drove through the, I call it the cracks of Miami. I would drive through the cracks of the city to bless people. And that allowed me to really hone in on this unbecoming, like, what is that? And the question became, what if life isn't about becoming anything at all, but more about unbecoming everything that we are. So we may in turn become who God has purposed us to be. And even if they don't believe in God, that's perfectly fine. You're going to see that this life is bigger than you in the first place. There's a greater calling from you in the first place. And it's about positioning yourself uh, to understand that there's pain plus process will ultimately lead you toward your purpose or your authentic self. And so I've been trying to walk that out and live that out. But I realized I'm in my own process and the process is life itself. So the process portion, as as quickly as I'm trying to get to the equal sign of purpose, the yeah. process portion never stops. It just doesn't. And then the pain side, there's levels to it. You know, you might not have pain at age five, but at age 10, there's going to be some. You might not have pain going through high school, but when you start to go to college, there's going to be some. College might have been great, but real life is coming, right? Or your single life might be awesome. Marriage is a journey. 
a beautiful, hard journey of work. It takes work. Love works. Love is work. And so I've been understanding that this equation, pain plus process equals purpose. Um, that's been the theme of my life moving forward ever since since leaving Miami and chasing dreams. I I love your share. And again, that that's a story. I don't think I've ever heard you share that one, you know, either in our conversations or anything that where you've ever, um, anything I've ever seen you whenever you're speaking, you know, life into other people, you know, it's, and it's interesting how, you know, at the start of our conversation, you know, you asked this question around this idea of like, what if we treated other people's children, you know, like our own, like I'll sort of paraphrase, like, that's what I really heard from you. Like, you know, sort of challenge yourself, like, like, am I treating this person? Like I would treat my own, like one of my loved ones. And it's interesting how you took that opportunity to observe, you know, uh, the homeless man, the super financially wealthy person there, and you use that, you parlayed that opportunity into blessing more people. So you, in theory, by by seeing this homeless person, you you then in turn turn that into an opportunity to give back to communities, right? To treat others, to provide them, you know, and to nourish them. So, so that's, that's what I really took from it was it was interesting how it sort of formed this idea of like, you know, pouring into other people's children. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's not just about giving things, but it's about having empathy. Mm-hmm. It's about meeting people right where they are. And I think that's, one of, that's probably been one of my secret sauces as a teacher and educator, why kids freaking love me. When they see me out in these streets in Austin, Oh my God, what's up, coach? And they just want to pay it forward. Like no matter what store they work at, if they can help me or give me something, they always offer it up. And my wife would be with me. She's like, oh my God, like you're like a celebrity over here. I was like, man, those are my kids. I just love on them and I meet them where they're at. And that can look like if a if a kid's having a panic attack, we sit down at the locker. We sit at their locker, we work it out. Or they come to me and say, "Hey, Coach Gunn, I'm I'm going through a rough time, and this is what it is." And I'm not I'm not a counselor, but I am a listener. I am a man who's going to take the time to understand their situation. We're going to work towards solutions. And I think if people could just be present for another human being, that could that could help alleviate so much stress and mental anguish and anxiety. And so, in the last We'll say in the last two years since we met, JT, I've been, uh, I think God's been turning my focus more toward mindset coaching and mental health and wellness. And so, uh, you know, I've discovered organizations like uh, Mindset Sports as well as Cheat Code. And those are two organizations I absolutely love what they're doing. Uh, Cheat Code's with Dr. Dr. Mondo and then Mindset Sports is with my really good friend, uh, Brad Dempsey. And so, in this progression of trying to love and encourage people and serve people, I see my own messaging, but I also see a huge need when it comes to mental health and wellness. And it never stops. It never stops. So at every point of our life, every point in our process, we're going to have to have some mental health and wellness aspects. And so that's kind of where I'm headed uh, moving forward. Hmm. I love that. You know, and and why it resonates is is this idea of like you know 
everyone wants to be great, right? And it could be different areas of life, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in school, business, your finances, whatever area that is. And, and that's important. But it's interesting how you touched on this idea that at the end of the day, before we can even talk about greatness, we need to help people to feel happy, to feel healthy, and to feel wealthy, right? And 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 I love how you're sort of identifying that that's the foundation, right? It's got to be built on, on a foundation of helping people to feel happy, healthy, and wealthy. And then we can start to do the work to, like you said, get to the next level. That's right. So I'm curious, um, again, you're a developer of people. Um, you've had this wealth of experience in, in many different aspects of life. If you could go back to your younger self, where you first started on this journey, right, of teaching, of coaching, of educating others, of developing people, what advice would you offer that younger version of yourself that would maybe just make that journey a little bit, let's say, smoother? <laughs> little smoother that would be nice the unfortunate part about life is adversity is going to come to you <laughs> so so whether it's a smooth transition time happens life is going to life people are going to people and adversity is going to do what it what it's called to do it's going to face you in the face and challenge you and so i think i would have done more deep work which means just growing, gosh, growing more emotionally intelligent just on how we deal with the game of life, the issues in life, the challenges in life. And I want to encourage for anyone who's looking to get married or, or um, you know, who, who's building a family or has a family, you have to do the work internally before you can be good for anybody else. Like there's deep work to be done. And what's unfortunate, we go through life learning about all these other things. But as you, as you become an adult, you start to realize, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not fully equipped in this area. You might have the great corner office, great job, great finances, nice house, beautiful wife, awesome kids. But you never dealt with those insecurities that you had, right? Or you never learned how to verbally say, I am sorry. Or maybe you lack some type of empathy when it comes to other people in their plight. And so if you look, if you look at yourself, you're going to start to realize those different lapses or, or insufficiencies are going to show up in your life, whether it's your work life, your home life, or even um, your hobbies, but they're going to show up. And so if I could go back, it would be implementing a class starting at probably kindergarten for every child moving on up through high school. They're going to officially know how to apologize. They're going to know how to verbalize what they're feeling. They're going to understand that feelings are just feelings. doesn't make them right or wrong, but we can work through them and we can verbalize what we're feeling and why we feel what we feel. Uh, for instance, so I'm coaching a new team now, and I had the guys come together and explain some of their frustrations. <laughs> and so one guy, he's a passionate player. He plays every position. And another guy is going to be a really good receiver. Uh, but he takes plays off. He comes when he, when he wants to come. He doesn't show up as consistently. So the really passionate guy who's all in, plays every route, every role, he's like, um, you know, I asked him, you know, do you want to share anything with the group? Because I felt it. 
felt it in the huddle, felt it on his heart. He's like, yeah, man, I just want to talk to this dude right here because he's always doing a lot of talking, but he's out here dropping passes. He's not producing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, now flip it, like turn it to something positive because we're in a huddle at this point. Yeah. The other kid's starting to take it defensive because now he just put him out on front street in front of all their boys. So I was like, turn it into a positive right now. He's like, okay, well, if you're going to keep talking about it, I need you to be about it. I need you to start producing, man. Like, you got to stop skipping practice. You got to show up when we show up. And so I got them all to understand that's passion. He wants to win. You're good, but you're taking plays off. And so if I can get these young men to verbalize what they're feeling and why they're upset with each other and hold each other accountable in a positive direction and positive light, that's going to make them great fathers, great brothers, um, great teachers and great coaches moving forward, great people over players. And so going back, I would definitely do more of the deep work because that would help me in my internships. That would help me in my master's program. That would help me transition from the city of Miami back to Texas to being a coach and a teacher. And then in my current life uh, as a husband and then turning into a father because I got to get it right um, before this baby can understand <laughs> understand anything right so so yeah that's that's the goal that would be the huge goal it's interesting as you share that it, you know it, it really comes down to this idea of the importance of studying your greatest resource which is yourself yes sir okay so i'm um, curious brother uh what can we do to help and support you right now you know if someone has sort of piqued their interest on things you shared i know you're always up for you know uh helping to pour into others you know is there any way where people can learn more about what you're up to connect with you yeah i would love love if there's uh anything you'd love to share for sure for sure uh in this time and space i am looking to definitely speak and share more often and it's really about culture creation. It's about uh, mindset, deconstruction, and then reconstruction. Those are things that I'm building out from a speaking standpoint, but I'm also a, a coach and a teacher. And so if they are in and around any students and student athletes, just meet them where they're at, love on those kids, and be present and volunteer. Um, from a unbecoming lifestyle standpoint, I personally need to sit down and write out this book uh, from a mental health and wellness standpoint, I'm building, there's two startup companies I'm working with and uh, they've had some success, but now we're, we're in the progression phase moving forward. One is Mindset Sports with Brad Dempsey. The other is Cheat Code uh, with Dr. Armando. Mm -hmm. And you'll just see, you'll start to see more of, I guess, me with them as well as me uh, within the, the teaching communities as well. So any teacher and coach, you can definitely uh, shoot me an email at orlando.gun, as G-U-N-N-14, at gmail.com. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, IG, at Unbecoming Lifestyle, if they want to con connect. Unbecoming Lifestyle, all one word. Um, but at the end of the day, just be a good person. Do good things. Um, put your faith in God. And... Uh, and have some faith in yourself as well. Because like you said, JT, our greatest resource is ourselves. The next greatest thing that we have is time. And I hate that these things right here, you know, 
They connect us with everybody, but they also keep us from everybody. We get sucked in this rabbit hole, but use your cell phone for good. Use your time for good. And so um, the last thing I'll share is before I could get to this space to have this interview with you, I had to go through a very, I'll call, I'll call them dark days. Dark days that required deep work. And I took a year off from teaching. And the reason was because I, I became a burnt out teacher at the end of the day. I was uh, commuting from Austin to Fort Worth, which is right beside Dallas. For those who don't know, Fort Worth is not Dallas. So don't ever think Dallas and Fort Worth are one. <laughs> uh, they're very different. But to give you all an idea, I was driving, we'll just say three hours. It's really three and a half, four sometimes, depending on traffic. So I was driving three hours one way and then three hours back. And so I'd stay on a friend's couch. I did this for six months. I was a head track coach. I was a football coach. I had two of my own classrooms. I was in charge of eight counselors. And I was in charge of 350 kids graduating on time. College Bridge, AP testing, pre-AP testing. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm missing some responsibilities. But I did all this to do what? Set my family up, set myself up. I wanted to kind of, you know, gain a little more time back at home, get away from coaching for a little bit. But they offered some stipends and I took them, right? I'm thinking this is a great opportunity. I'll become a head coach. I'll also have my own classroom, my own new office, the new corner office. Things things be good. Uh, it was one of the toughest seasons in my life. Adversity came knocking on my door with friends. I'll say that. And serving all these people, I didn't want to let down the coaches. I didn't want to let down all the students I was serving. I didn't want to let down the parents. I didn't want to let down the administrative staff and the principals that believed in me as well as the counselors. And so I'm giving to all these people, giving, 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 giving. Oh, by the way, I left my wife and the dog here in Austin, Texas. So I am stripped and ripped in so many different areas. I could only keep that up for about six months. I would feel twitches on my face. I'd be so sad and exhausted. I wouldn't want to take a shower or get a haircut. It was hard to get in the car and drive to work. Um, falling asleep, things like that. Very irritable, no appetite. And sometimes you'll notice about yourself that you usually do things that mean you're in a good mood. Whether you like to dance, you got a little inner song, whatever it is, you hum. I didn't have a song anymore. And it was hard to keep this up. And then one day I got sick and I'm thinking it's COVID, but it's not. I go to the doctor. I'm like, it's COVID, right? He's like, no. He said, it's stressed. <laughs> Sorry, that's the dog. Um, he said it's stress. I'm like, really? I'm thinking natural champion, student athlete, strong male. I'm good. I've been through worse, right? I wasn't good. And so I needed to take that time off to do the deep work in the dark days. And um, during that process, also uh, had ACL surgery. So I had to put that off. And I literally had to teach myself how to walk again. I had to teach myself about my own mental health and wellness, what that looks like. I realized that there's a massive disparity um, in the black and brown community about the stigma of mental health, what, what that looks like. Because growing up, what is that? Mental health? Anxiety. <laughs> you better wash those dishes. Right? Yeah. 
<laughs> we don't really talk about those things in certain cultures. People don't talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And then think about athletic culture. You say anything about your head, that means you're not going to play. So now we got a bigger issue, right? So now you got athletes, whether culturally at their own homes, they talk about something or not. But now you're in a space where it's not, it's frowned upon to say anything's wrong with you. So, you know, moving this needle toward the mental health aspect is so huge for me. Um, mm-hmm. Not only had students come to me while I was a coach and a teacher saying that they wanted to hurt themselves. I've had best friends tell me that they were thinking about that. And then even family members. And so for me, God's really shed some light on my next direction and why it's so important. And I love everybody who's doing that that work. Uh, but it, it's just so important. Like like we started, if we can just learn to take care of each other's children or other people's children, I think we can fix it and we mm. can enjoy life and move toward the greatest version of ourselves. Mm. I, I appreciate you, you know, being so open to to sharing, you know, and being vulnerable and sharing all parts of your journey, not just again all the sunshines and rainbows. And it's interesting as you were sharing what it really reminded me is like life is all divine timing. You know, I I can appreciate where you're coming from, you know, uh, about your journey in education and having to take time off because similar to you, I experienced something similar, although different, you know, different lived experience, something similar. So, so what I wanted to do was just take a moment to acknowledge you, right. For having the courage to hit pause, right. Because that's not easy, right. You're challenging all these social contracts around safe and comfortable and, and, you know, like you said, you know, sort of speaking life into, you know, real life problems. So, so I just really wanted to uh, take a moment um, to thank you for, for, for sharing that, reminding me why we were connected in this, in this game of life. Yes, sir. It's been a beautiful blessing. Uh, It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. Uh, so, brother, I just want to take a moment to uh, acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you for the great man you are, the great husband, you know, the soon-to-be dad, teacher, coach, mentor, but more importantly, the amazing human being you are. You know, the one thing that I've really been inspired by, um, again, you know, walking with you along this journey is just just your courage to keep one foot moving in the direction, right? Like, again, I, you know, I I know you've been very open about sharing, you know, the pain, but then also stepping into your purpose. And, and I just want to thank you for reminding me that as long as we continue to take one step forward, that's a win. And so thank you for, for blessing me with that simple reminder, brother. No, thank you for the opportunity. Um, This is more of the work that I need to be doing. You actually helped me get out some of those tools I've had buried uh, for some time, but you know, JT, I really appreciate what you're doing. Like I said, you've been a light. And um, and when I said trees, you know, in the journey, sometimes you're gonna need specific trees to help keep you aligned or in alignment for your assignment, so you know where in the forest of life that you're headed. And um, one of those trees that I can always look to and be like, oh yeah, he's rooted, he's planted in his work, he's rooted and planted in the people. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? And trees provide shade. Trees provide an ecosystem for a lot of organisms we don't even know about or can't see. Um, but they also can help help us utilize and create other things. And they give life. And so 
Thank you for being that tree that gives life to so many others. Thank you, brother. So folks, Coach Gunn dropped so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. But as I like to remind you every week in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's a consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. And as I like to remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. And my only ask for these conversations is if it resonated with you, if it touched your heart, then please share it with a friend, a loved one, a teammate, or someone you just feel that would benefit from listening to these positive, inspiring, and empowering ideas. The more people we have listening, understanding, and applying these simple principles to their life, the more blessed this world will be. As always, love having these conversations with you in the huddle, and most importantly, have a blessed rest of your day.